Hey everybody, it's Anthony Conklin. Welcome back to the Anthony Conklin Show, where we help entrepreneurs connect their passion, purpose, and why. I'm super excited to have on our show today, sales and marketing expert and strategist. His name is David Meerman Scott. He's the author or co-author of 10 books. Three of those books are international bestsellers. I'm a huge fan of the new rules of marketing and PR. Uh, I love the term newsjacking. We're gonna talk a little bit about that. Uh, I think I've used that a hundred times. Uh, he's a international speaker. He's also a speaker for Tony Robbins Business Mastery. And we're gonna talk a lot about how entrepreneurs can turn their fans into customers and their customers into fans. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome David Meerman Scott. David, so happy that you're here, brother. How you doing? Anthony, great to be here, my friend. Thank you very, very much for having me on. So listen, I know you have a short period of time, but I just want to get to a couple of things. I, want, I wanted to share with our audience that, you know, uh, David is, again, he's not just a speaker, an author. I mean, he's really all about helping to kind of marry customers with fans and he, yeah. on his book, Fanocracy. But I want to just kind of take a step back a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, who David is, let's find out where he came from. So how'd you go from this BA in economics on Wall Street <laughs> to a marketing and sales expert? Kind of what attracted you to do marketing? crazy right so um, I was on Wall Street I was on a bond trading desk I hated it I was terrible at it but I loved the information I loved what was going on on the screens so I um, worked for companies like Dow Jones and Reuters as sales in sales and marketing and most recently I was with a division of Thomson Reuters and they fired me back in 2002 so that's when that's what put me into my own uh, business because I recognized that my background in financial information meant that I understood how the web works, how internet marketing works, how um, information drives people to action, and how entrepreneurs can use an, um, online information um, to develop um, their marketing and to develop fans. And so um, for the last 17 years, I've been happily unemployed. Um, uh, and I've, as you said, I've written a bunch of books. Um, and the real books have been really about how entrepreneurs can can take charge of their own marketing rather than just spending a boatload of money on advertising. Right. I, I think one of the things that, you know, you talk about marketing, David, and I want to focus on that for a minute. You know, I think marketing is sort of been reborn on the, over the past few years, you know, with social media. I mean, I, I know I started on this Blab platform back in 2015. Yes, right. I remember that platform. Facebook. Yeah. But so, but, but I think in my mind, marketing has kind of change faces, you know, to the entrepreneur. Marketing has kind of had this new veil, but what's yeah. the biggest misconception about marketing today that, that, that what you're trying to do is kind of set the record straight for right. fans? Well, for, um, for a, a, more than a decade, I kept saying that you need to stop spending money on advertising and instead create content. But I've actually changed my mind because um, over the last years, people have been doubling down on creating content on the web, but in a way that is not effective. Um, you know, they'll, they'll create an email newsletter, but they'll send you like three emails a day. Um, they'll be on social networks and instead of providing value, they'll try to sell you something on social networks right. and the social networks themselves have been a problem because they're so polarizing. They're trying to get you into a tribe and then um, and when you get in there, then they only send you certain information and politically it's uh, on, on the web. It's really, really polarizing. So I think the pendulum has swung too far in the direction of superficial online communications at a time when people 
people are hungry for a true human connection. So I think the pendulum is swinging back, right? We're entering a brand new decade, the decade of the 20s. And as we enter the decade in the, of the 20s, I'm strongly convinced that all of us are looking for true human connection. We're looking for um, people to, to do business with. Right. We're looking, you know, we're looking for, for, for people who are part of our, of our tribe. We're looking for people who can be part of the fan group we're on, or we can create fans of what we do. So how do we do that? So, so I mean, because I, I, I think you know, you and I, you know, come from a similar generation, where it's uh, you get the deal done, always be closing. Yeah. yeah. Marketing is different from sales, and now we're we're I guess we're using sort of the the human touch, you know, using the yeah. personality side of it. And I think I think the fear of doing that, David, is you become more of a well, yeah, he's a business development guy, just wants to be my friend, and do you really want to get deals done? But help me understand how how fans. Because I, I want to talk about fanocracy. Sure. How how do you how do you approach customers and making them fans, right? Yep. And I know Tony, you know Tony Robbins, who talks about uh, creating a raving fan. Um, yes. Tony, yeah, talk he's about fanocracy and fans itself. And to Tony is a huge, huge um, proponent of this idea of use of fandom, and he's been talking about, as you said, raging fans for a long time. He, in fact, wrote the forward to fanocracy. I'm very That's honored true. that um, Tony wrote the forward, so I thank him very much for that. Mm -hmm. um, so um, here's where here's how this idea came about. I'm a massive live music fan. I've seen 780 live music concerts in my life. I actually keep a spreadsheet, including 75 Grateful Dead concerts. My favorite yes. band. And I co-wrote marketing, I co-wrote Fanocracy with my 26-year-old daughter, Reiko. Mm -hmm. And this idea came about because she was telling me how much of a Harry Potter fan she is. And I knew she was because I started her on the Harry Potter thing when she was only six years old. I started reading the first, first book to her. So she's read every book multiple times, seen every movie multiple times, gone to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Orlando several times, gone to the UK to go to the studio tour where they film the movies. But she also wrote a 90,000 word alternative ending to the Harry Potter series where Draco Malfoy is a spy for the Order of the Phoenix and put that on a fan fiction site and it's been downloaded thousands of times. Wow. So we were geeking out about how much of a fan we are of yeah. the things that we love. And, and, and our hypothesis five years ago when we started researching was any organization can develop fans just like Harry Potter and the Grateful Dead. And we found out to that that to be utterly true. And I'd like to I'd like to illustrate that um, by asking you a question, Anthony. Do you sure. love auto insurance? Uh, no, I particularly do not love auto insurance. <laughs> right. And so so hundred percent of the people say that. Nobody loves auto insurance. But here's the thing. I was talking to Mikhail Haggerty. He's the CEO of Haggerty Insurance. They do classic car auto insurance. He's he's an entrepreneur. Built this business. Um, I'll give you the punchline first. Sure. Built this built this business double-digit compound growth since inception. They will grow by 200,000 customers this year. Um, and they are the biggest um, classic car auto insurance company in the world. Wow. Here's what he said to me. He said, David, as an entrepreneur, I can't compete in the auto insurance business the way everybody else does. I can't compete on price. I don't want to drive the market down just by competing on price. I can't spend more money on advertising. I'm never going to compete with the geckos and the lizards, whatever else those TV commercials are right. out there. I had to do something differently. Mm -hmm. 
So what he did was, I'm going to develop fans. And that's exactly what he, what he did. He focused on developing fans. Specifically, uh, he and his team go to over 100 classic car um, events around the country, or actually around North America a year, uh, where they're meeting with people who are already fans of classic cars. And um, interacting with them, engaging with them, um, they um, provide valuation seminars, they provide interesting information for people. It's a really valuable thing that they're doing um, around this idea of being part of an existing community of classic car lovers. They have a YouTube channel with a million followers, they have 650,000 members of their Haggerty Drivers Club, and they're doing huge, they're hugely successful. Now what's really interesting about this is it's not active selling. They're not like on the phone cold calling classic car owners. Classic car owners see them as a part of the fandom community that they're a part of because right. they're they're there on site. They're they're meeting with people. So when people think, "Oh, I need to get some insurance." They naturally think Haggerty. And then once you once I've been I own a 1973 Land Rover. That's how I found out about it. Nice. Them. And yeah, it's awesome. And and Haggerty, Haggerty has been insuring it since 2005. And every time I re-up my insurance every year, I love I love it actually. I love I love re-upping because I like Haggerty. So, so this idea of fandom, this idea of fandom as a way to grow business, as a way for entrepreneurs like Mikhail Haggerty, um, uh, is really powerful. And what he said to me was, David, I didn't have to invent the passion. For classic cars, all I had to do was tap into it. I think, and it's important because you know we talk a lot about, especially on a show like this, we talk about passion, purpose, and why, and yeah. those three kind of marry together. And I think the why for Haggerty is 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 they're they're going where the fans are. You know, I I, I try to. You know, when, I, when I'm speaking with my coaching clients, David, I always say, listen, if you're a football player, stop hanging out where the tennis players are. Right? Go <laughs> right. where the fans are. Right? Yes, and, and I that's think exactly that's, right. It's exactly right. Yeah. So so. A couple of things I wanted to, to talk about, and I, I sure. did take a note here, and you know, sort of my, my question was, how does the Grateful Dead and Harry Potter play a part in fanocracy? So I wanted yeah. to ask you that question. But before you ask, ask that question, what do you say to the entrepreneur that is just building their business today, that's really looking to, as you, as you say, not spend money on advertising, but really yeah. kind of build a, a fandom uh, mentality and, and going after your fans and what do you say to that young entrepreneur because a lot of them out there that are trying sure to there are. Figure it all sure out. there are and I, I advise a whole bunch of them I mean I at, at Tony Robbins business mastery uh, I have an online program that I sell and I've, I've had over a thousand people go through that program so I know I get it I totally get it um, so we looked at all of the different we looked at a bunch of different prescriptions for how people can tap into fanocracy and create a fandom culture in their company that helps to grow business. And we found 10 different things um, that are outlined in the book, but I wanna share you the one that I think is the most powerful and the one that to me was the most surprising. Sure. So my, my daughter, Reiko, my co-author, not only a Harry Potter fan, um, but she's a perfect co-author because obviously different gender, um, mm -hmm. she's obviously different generation, she's my daughter, um, my wife is Japanese and my daughter is mixed race, and she's a neuroscientist, she did a neuroscience wow. degree at Columbia University, she's now in her final year of medical school, she'll be an emergency room doctor next year. Congrats. And, oh, thank you. So one of the things that we looked at, we were both fascinated by, is what's going on in our brains when we become a fan of something. 
specifically what's happening. Here's what's happening. We spoke with a bunch of neuroscientists to do the research on this. What's happening is all humans are hardwired as a survival technique. It's embedded in us. We can't help it to want to be part of a tribe. We want to be part of a tribe because that's where we feel safe and comfortable. And that's where the most powerful emotional connections happen. Mm. So um, so we actually spoke um, with some neuroscientists who told us about this idea of proximity. Proximity, there's three different important levels of proximity. Further than about 12 feet mm. is, called, is called public space. Right. Our brains do not track people in our public space. We know they're there, mm. but we don't naturally track them. Once they get in about into about 12 feet from us, we can't help ourselves, we begin to track them because we want to know are they part of our tribe or are they a potential enemy. Uh, and then inside of four feet is called personal space. That's where the strongest emotional connections happen. That's cocktail party distance. So this explains why when you walk into a room, you, you, you can't help it, but you scan the room to see right. who you know. Mm -hmm. um, and then you, you naturally gravitate to people you know because they're part of your tribe. Uh, and then if you get into a crowded elevator, a crowded subway, people you don't know, you feel nervous. You, you can't help the fact that you feel a little bit nervous. That's hardwired. So here's what this means for young entrepreneurs. How can, you, how can you get in close physical proximity with your existing and potential customers? Um, I mean, it's as simple as sales 101, meet them in their office, right? Nice. Or, exactly. or take, them, take them to coffee or take them to lunch. Mm -hmm. um, but it also might mean can you create an event for your company? Can you create an event where you bring people together? Because then they're not only in close physical proximity with you, but they're also in close physical proximity with each other, customers right. with other customers. So fans create other fans. Correct. Wow. Yeah. Really, really powerful stuff. Now, right. what's fascinating to me about is this is rooted in neuroscience. Now, um, I've, I've been on the advisory board of a company called HubSpot since the very beginning. HubSpot was founded in 2007, uh, sorry, 2006 by Brian Halligan. He's now one of my closest friends. I've been his advisor since 2007. Great platform, an, by the way. Uh, great platform. As an entrepreneur, Brian started this business. I joined before he even had, before he had any customers, zero customers. Brian has been focused on this idea of fandom from the very beginning. And I've been a part of it and I've seen it in action. He's grown his business to $650 million in revenue. It's roughly a $7 billion market cap. It's amazing. Fabulously, fabulously successful. And he's built it on this idea of fandom. So um, let me share two things sure. that Brian and HubSpot do that are um, actually parts of the book, which are fascinating. The first one is another neuroscience concept called mirror neurons. The idea of mirror neurons, it's a part of your brain that fires when you see or hear somebody do something as if you're doing it yourself. I'm gonna demonstrate it, Anthony. So Anthony and I are able to see one another because we're on a camera, but if you're listening in, you can also participate in what I'm gonna do. I'm holding up a lemon and a slice of lemon right now. If I take a bite of this lemon, it's incredibly powerful. My brain fires. I'm going to do that right now. Wow. My brain is firing though. 
the, the, my eyes close, my mouth puckers up, my, my, it's a really powerful sensation on my tongue. My saliva glands are doing their thing. I mean, biting in a lemon is powerful. Sure. My brain is firing, but your brain is firing too. I'm squinting. Right, just by <laughs> watching me. Um, and, and people even just listening without seeing that on the video, right. you, might, you might be tasting a bit of lemon. For those of you that are listening on the, on the podcast, you're listening on the replay, I, I want to hear your comments. I want to. I want you to send me uh, send me notes. I, this is fantastic. It's, it's really it's visceral, David. I, it's interesting, I, I, right? I'm actually, and yeah, <laughs> feel it. It's it's fascinating, and yeah. this is the power of mirror neurons. And so here's what this means for young entrepreneurs. Here's what it means for anybody listening in. Here's what HubSpot did using this technique. Um, so the the uh, mirror neurons neuroscience tells us is when you see or see something happen and you're, you feel as if you're doing it yourself. So um, if you use video and photographs cropped as if you're in the personal space of people, um, our brains tell us, our subconscious brains tell us that we're actually in the same room even though we're not. You're, you're, you, you know intellectually that you're not in the same room as someone who's on the other end of a video camera. But, right. your brain, but your brain tells you that you are. So here, so you can use this idea in your marketing, in your social networking, and on your website, and in your offline marketing materials by having as much real photographs and video of people, um, your customers, you, um, partners, cropped as if you're in a personal space within four feet and looking directly at the camera. And HubSpot does this brilliantly well. You look at their social networks, they have tons of photographs and videos. They have HubSpot Academy where they actually have a course that they, they have courses that they create for people. Yeah, I'm the, a big fan of HubSpot. I mean, I, I think when I do some do of my coaching job. work and my, uh, uh, some of my, you know, my, my leadership uh, work, I always refer to HubSpot as sort of being the, the go-to and I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a really, really big fan of it. Amazing, I, right? I, I and so, and so that's, so that's, I mean, you asked, I, I know I talked for a long time. No, this is great, David. And a simple question. The simple question was, how can a young entrepreneur take these ideas? But this is something we all can do and it's something we all can do right now. And if, and from the sales perspective, asking people to jump on a Zoom or a, a similar kind of a video conference can sometimes work better than just simply doing a telephone call so i agree it, it's got to be great. it's got to be connected and i just a couple of things i know we're kind of coming around to the last part of our, our, our podcast again on the podcast everyone is uh david Meerman scott um uh, author speaker a fanocracy i'm a big fan i've been a, a big follower okay. of uh, david for so kind so kind of you anthony I, i'm so really glad honored that, you're here. that you would a couple of things so. i just wanted to wrap up before we end is as sure uh, we are focusing on how to turn fans into customers and customers into fans you got to pick up the book fanocracy uh, a couple of things i just wanted to walk through real quick david that I, i'm a big fan of you know sure. world-class marketing uh, from Tony Robbins. Uh, if you have not, just to all the listeners and watchers, uh, people watching the, the podcast, if you have not attended a Tony Robbins Business Mastery um, conference, you absolutely must. David is a speaker. He is on fire on stage. Uh, I, I've had the opportunity to see him and, and, and be in his personal space uh, because he's just really great at what he does. But if you have Thank not you. attended Tony Robbins uh, Business Mastery, you should absolutely do that. Yeah, uh, they're, they're fabulous events. Yeah, fabulous and, 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 and it's productive. It's, it's yeah. absolutely productive. So you know, in the world, according to David Meerman Scott and Tony Robbins, is always make sure you're available, respond quickly, you know, collaborate with people, but yes. always think of how can I help that person become a fan? What can yes. I do to help that person become a fan through my offer? 100%. 
Okay. Absolutely. That's listen, exactly hey, this, right. Thank you so very much for being here, David. Listen, before we go, just to sure. let people know where they can find you um, on social media platform. Make sure you get a copy of the book, Fanocracy. I know I'm looking to get one, another thank one, you. actually. There you have one. Yeah. Get the other one. So, thank uh, David, you. where can people find you? Yeah, so uh, Fanocracy is out in hardcover and ebook, but my daughter, Rachel, and I read the audiobook. So, those of you who are like the podcast uh, sort of audiobook thing, audio um, fans. That's, that's, that's <laughs> one way to do it. We have a website at W www.fanocracy.com. Um, lots of information there. There's a graphic around the idea of proximity that I just talked about that you can download for free. Um, we have some PDFs on there. We have some videos on there. On social networks, I'm DM Scott. Great. Once again, everybody, this is the Anthony Conklin Show, and I'm so glad you're here helping, helping entrepreneurs connect their passion, purpose, and why we've been on the air with the one, the only. I'm a big mm -hmm. fan, David Miller <laughs> Scott, uh, marketing and sales expert. David, thank you so very much. We'll see you next time. Anthony, I really, really appreciate you having me on. Hope to see you again soon.